0: Welcome back to the wrong opinion, useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings. We are back this week, season two of the best who never. The best players who never made the finals. We have probably three or four uh, guys who I wanted to put on this list and I move this around. I moved this list around so much uh, right up until the end. One guy I added just because it's it's his sixth season. It's not necessarily a bummer that he hasn't made it yet, but I think he still needs to make the list. Uh, I'm excited to see what you guys think. Number 15, Bob Lanier, one of the dudes of the 1970s. I was almost fine taking him off the list because he's gonna make another pretty big list. Uh, Just spoiler, he never made an All-NBA team. Kind of crazy, but I mean, the center position was stacked back then and there were only two teams, so kind of tough. He never really had a great chance to make the finals. The uh, 1984 Milwaukee Bucks season, probably his best bet, just because that's the year he made the conference finals. Uh, that was his last season in the league, finally made the conference finals, somewhat of a monkey off his back. And he had a nice season, 35 years old, 14 points, six boards, and started, 20 minutes a game, pretty good. Uh, one of my favorite guys from back in the day, because it's just a very traditional center. Uh, number 14, this is Vince Carter. Uh, no one's shocked. He was a terrible teammate early in his career and became like the ultimate teammate in his mid-30s. That happened it happened with Bob McAdoo. It happened with... that. Hap, that's happened with a few different guys. Guys who were me first, awesome scorers early in their career, and then just transformed into great team guys. By the time he was with Dallas, Vince Carter was this awesome team, team guy. Um, just super interesting. He came to Dallas the year right after they won the finals. That team basically conceded. <laughs> they weren't looking to... They just wanted to... Uh, Um, They were just happy that Dirk got his title. Didn't want to go over the salary cap, let a bunch of guys leave. Um, The best chance for Vince to make the finals is kind of a tough proposition. Um, If he stayed with Toronto, that team was just dysfunctional. He was there for almost seven years, um, and that's probably where he was best. That's where he made his NBA teams. The Nets might have been his best situation while he was still in his prime alongside Jay Kidd. Uh, this was a couple years after they had been making those finals runs, though. Uh, they made the finals in 02 and 2003. He didn't play with them until mid 5 Orlando in 2010. This was the year that it was right after the Magic's finals appearance, obviously in 09. He was a, one and a half years with Orlando. They made the conference finals in 2010. So I guess he got you kind of got to call that his best chance. He was probably the third or fourth best player on his team. This is when he kind of started to figure out his role. Uh, His first year under 20 points a game, but still taking up too many shots. Um, Wasn't quite settled in yet, really until he started playing with Nash the next year. Um, But the fact that he never chased a title late in his career, you kind of got to give him credit for that. He always wanted to get, you know, 17, 18 minutes a game and wasn't willing to sacrifice that. So yeah, good for you, Vince. Uh, Number 13, bounce between off this list and even higher on this list. I'm going with Grant Hill because those Detroit years, he played six years in Detroit, they were iconic years. Just a freaking wrecking crew by himself. Uh, didn't win a playoff series until 2010 when he was 37 years old. Uh, that 2010 team, just like Vince actually, uh, playing for uh, Phoenix in this case. Conference finalist. Uh, those Orlando teams, we are stolen. He and T-Mac should have <laughs> just set the world on fire. Um, the fact that he didn't retire after missing basically four seasons while playing with Orlando. In um, 2005, became an all-star again. Played most games with, with Phoenix for his few years there. Uh, but at that point, he was just too old, too broken. Uh, nickname is Mr. Nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, number 12, Derek Rose. This was another one I went... I just, I guess, stuffed the... Th- really, three guys. The next one, kind of same same page. Guys who were just comets for a couple years span. And I gave, I gave it to the guy who won the MVP. His best chance was obviously that 2011 team. That team was insane. 60-plus wins uh Thibodeau just ran everybody to the ground which got them a lot of wins made them an awesome defense but just hurt a lot of careers so I I wonder how we're gonna look back on that historically we're not looking back on a great right now 25 points a game eight assists solid percentages not a great three-point shooter nice defender 81 games played next year missed half the season next year torn ACL next year 10 games Tough because you want the guys to know their own body, want to believe them. But some guys don't have the mental disposition, and that's fine. Became a really nice sixth man later in his career. He's on Memphis right now. I think he's hurt again. Uh, last year with the Knicks wasn't great. Three-time All-Star, only one NBA, and it was first team. I want to do a list of the guys who made one All-NBA team, but it was a first team. I feel like that's there can't be more than three guys on that list. Uh, number 11, we're going Pete Maravich. Kind of same deal, had a nice short career. Um, he was obviously way more full, just top to bottom. Um, had more than one good season. Wasn't nearly as iconic and wasn't quite as relevant to winning as Derrick Rose and Grant Hill were. But he just was good for longer, you know? A side note, last year, somebody almost broke his scoring record in college. That would have been a huge bummer, because that guy played like six years because of COVID. marriage played three years, averaged 40-something a game in college. I don't want to see that record ever broken, honestly. Merovich's best chance to make the finals. He played with Boston in 1980 for 26 games, 11 points a game. Like, come on, man. You are just ahead of your time. He went four, three of four from, from deep that year. Actually, 10 of 15, three of four from with Boston. But they won the finals the next year. Just stick around one more year, buddy. That just that just sucks. And then he died only a couple years later. Pete Merovich was ahead of his time, most importantly, because we didn't have YouTube back then. Imagine just watching his highlights hours and like. We can do that now a little bit, but it just does not do it justice. There just aren't enough highlights in the world for a guy like Pete Maravich. It's like Jason Williams, if he was better, or Luka Doncic, if he was skinny. There's him, there's Dr. J, I think, Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, guys who, the longer we're away from them, the less we like recognize how great they are. Wilt has the stats, at least, so we can be like, oh, look at that. That overrates him. But especially Maravich and, and Dr. J, it's just a huge bummer that TVs didn't progress faster. Um, number 10, we're going Alex English. It's just a... His contemporary was kind of Adrian Dantley um, in that they played the same position, played two very, very different ways, had similar successes. And then Alex English was significantly better. And then Dantley got the run with the with the Pistons, who was, was eventually replaced by Mark Aguirre. But just imagine Alex English on those Piston teams instead. And they would have had three titles, right? They would have won 87. Now, he bounced around a lot early in his career, but once he settled with Denver in 1980, uh, he was there the entire decade, the uh, the 80s leading scorer. Uh, led the league in points in 83, 28.4 a game. Conference finals a couple times, 85, 30 points a game in the in the playoffs for a team that went to the conference finals. In 78, 13 points a game, nine games, led the league in field goal percentage in the playoffs. Playing with Milwaukee, that's kind of wild. Um, his best chance—it there was no best chance. He was playing against uh, who's playing against the Lakers in those in those series. Uh, Western Conference Finals in '85, lost to the Lakers. There's just I, that was his best chance on paper, but you're just not making it past that. '86, he lost in six to Houston, who made the finals. I don't know if Houston was better team. They had that the twin towers of Ralph and Hakeem, who ended up beating uh, Magic. So I'm just gonna say that. 78, 78 season probably his best chance. Lost in seven actually to Denver, kind of wild. Um, the team that ended up going to the finals was the Sonics, got the best team in history. So um, Alex English, just my, one of my favorite players because you just, when you're watching, um, obviously like when you're watching old school games, most of the time you're watching a Nuggets game because he had a really good game. He was a superstar, right? But it was kind of like KD where you just don't realize like, oh wow, he's got 30 right now. That's crazy. It just happens in the flow of the game in such a a beautiful way. And I love that. Maravich is fun on the scoring, or like uh, Westbrook, where it's just, wow, 20 points in 17 seconds. But Alex English, that's a better, uh, it's a better way to score. He's one of the best scorers of all time, super underrated. Uh, Sidney Moncrief at number nine. I might overrate him a lot. I just think he's the best defensive shooting guard of all time, and his career was cut way too short. He played the same time as Michael Jordan. So that might be crazy to say he's a better defensive shooting guard than Michael Jordan. I think he is ended up playing 11 seasons, but his career was basically 80 to 86, five all-star games. And then he was done. He made the conference finals a couple times on just some really good Milwaukee teams that have gone historically, historically out of it. Um, but just fine score, fine overall player, fine point guard skills, but just his, his defensive record in, in all time kind of way. Okay, we lost the conference finals in 83 to Philly, who won the title. 84 to Boston, who won the title. 86 to Boston, who won the title. Made the Eastern Conference Finals three times, all against teams who won the NBA Finals. Um, obviously, got one in two chance of that happening. Um, but those are just some iconic teams, so it's hard to say that he should have or could have. Um, but you probably give it up to, that, uh, to the 84 team. Uh, Bob Lanier was on that team, Marcus Johnson as this just beautiful score out on Lister. Uh, most importantly though, Don Nelson, one of the all-time coaching wins leaders, recently broken. Uh, number eight, uh, I think this is gonna stay after this year. Some people might disagree, Paul George. Um, he was on, of course, those really good Indiana teams kind of uh, drafted into greatness. Uh, they weren't really great before him. I don't think he was the reason they turned great, but it kind of happened in his first couple years. And by 2013, he had the car keys. Just a better version of Danny Granger, who is also an, who is also an awesome defensive player. Kind of ill-advised on those, o- on those OKC teams for a couple of years, but that's when he had, a, I don't want to say breakout, but that's just in 2019, he was dominant. Career highs across the board, first team all NBA. Seals leader, 28 points, almost 300 threes, 40%. Um, and then the Clippers, he, <laughs> I don't know what happened because with Indiana and OKC, he didn't miss a lot of games ever except for 2015, where he like destroyed his leg and then came back 81 games played the next year, 75, 79, 77. And then as soon as he started playing with Kawhi and the Clippers, started missing half the season always. That's just not a recipe to win a title. That's just how it works. I mean, I'm sorry. If you don't have momentum in the regular season, you're not gonna win a title. Uh, 2021, he took them to the first conference finals in team history after Kawhi got hurt. Kawhi probably took him there. Uh, he, he finished the job, Paul George finished the job, took him to their first conference finals, and then missed the playoffs in 22, uh, he didn't play in the playoffs in 23, now they're kind of rolling with this James Harden trade, but I just, it's just a house made of glass, I don't think it's ever going to happen, his best chance to make the finals was probably 2014, he made the conference finals in back-to-back years in 13-14, and 14. nobody was stopping that 2013 Heat team, LeBron's second best year I would say, I think 18 was maybe his best. Um, Dwayne Wade was still an all NBA player Chris Bosh but they just didn't adapt they kept playing Roy Hibbert way too many minutes um, and I think great players can figure it out Roy Hibbert's just not a great player and having a big man when the league spreads out it can be fine but it has to be a good player and Roy Hibbert was just always overrated because of his his size um, sorry to catch some strays there Roy Hibbert but Paul George could have made the finals in 2014 was my point there number seven chris weber so i said this last week six and seven i actually said five and six because i added one guy um you might say they are switchable both number one picks both had a lot of injury stuff chris weber actually played till he was 34 kind of a decently long career 15 years Uh, but after 2003 he was just done he didn't have much of a career after 30 led the league with 13 rebounds a game in 99 first team all nba in 2001 those Kings teams from the early 2000s, tremendously underrated. Him, Divac, Brad Miller, Mike Bibby, uh, Christy Peja, Bobby Jackson. I mean, come on, what are you gonna do? He do Turkaloo for a couple years there. I um, he was young, he wasn't doing much. Uh, his best chance, you'd probably say 2002. That's when they made the conference finals. Game six, I don't like to say the NBA is rigged because it's just not, you know? But there's some times where it gets fishy, especially in the early 2000s. 2001, 2002, not a great couple years for the NBA. They definitely, uh, the refs definitely lean in the Lakers' favor in Game 6. But Sacramento had Game 7 at home, if I'm wrong, correct me. And they still blew it to the Lakers because Chris Webber, just a choker, couldn't be the best player on a team that wins the finals, and that's fine. Uh, But really, his best chance was probably 07. Um, He wasn't awesome that year. That was one of his last couple years. This was kind of the tail end. This was after Ben Wallace left. He was playing with the Detroit Pistons by the way, to mention that. But this was when LeBron just went off in that last game, just to will his, his the team 25 straight points. Cleveland's game 5 win over the Pistons. That was his coming out party. Um and that spoiled Chris Webber's first finals appearance. So, yeah, kind of a bummer. Uh, number 6 Blake Griffin. Let me know if you guys think that uh Chris Webber should have been ahead of Blake. I'm curious about that. Blake, wouldn't you his career just just for a couple years there, he was Borderline dominant. 2014, I think he was the third best player in the league. 24 points a game, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, awesome percentages. Still a great dunker. And started hitting threes that year, too. Uh, Didn't really start taking a lot of threes until his last year with um, the Clippers. And then a lot when he played with Detroit and on, just because he stopped being able to jump, right? In 2019, he made his last All-Star, last All-NBA team. 29 years old. Just like Chris Webber. Done before he hit 30. Blake played 14 years, really only played 13 because his first year he missed with a knee injury, and his career's over. I think he's still a Hall of Famer. Only five, only six All Star teams. Five with the Clippers. His best chance, I guess, he would go 2014. Um, the, his teams never made the Conference Finals. I'm realizing put Blake Griffin on a list of players who haven't made the Finals. He hasn't. He never even made the Conference Finals. So he should have made last week's list. That's fine. He's here now. Uh, we're living with it. Uh, 2014, Chris Paul choked against OKC. couple turnovers late in the game. You hate to see it. 2015, just a three-point barrage by the Rockets' scrubs to blow a 3-1 lead. Number five, Damian Lillard. Is this going to change this year? Uh, no. This team is way too bad defensively, and it is way too heliocentric around two guys. What do you call heliocentric with two guys? It's not heliocentric, Right. Dame, though, 2016 is my one of my favorite years by a player. Missed the All-Star game somehow when he had four starters leave and had about as good of a team. One of the best scorers of all time. His percentages are a little lower than you'd anticipate. Just a definitely a volume shooter, but still 37% from three. That's good, you know? Hits a ton. All-time free throw shooter and just an egregious defender. Um, his best chance, like, in theory, I guess, is 2019. He made the conference finals, but there's no way he's beaten those... No way he was beating those Warriors teams. So I don't think there was really a good time for him to have made the finals. Uh, 2016 was, again, my favorite team. He won one round. 2014, won a round against the Rockets when he had a game winner. Uh, so I think now, right now, he's in his best chance to make the finals with Milwaukee. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, though. Sorry, Dame. Number four, Carmelo Anthony. Speaking of guys who probably never could have made the finals. Um, his reputation as a losing player is kind of lame, considering he took a bottom-feeding team for the beginning of the twenty of the 2000s and took him to the playoffs perennially when he played with them. He just lost in the first round. Like, fine, you know? 2009, uh, one of those guys who, just after the 2008 uh, Olympics, a lot of people had awesome, iconic years. Kind of interesting to me. Uh, Dwayne Wade could have been MVP. LeBron had his first MVP. Kobe won his first title. Um... Just interesting how that worked out. And Melo made his first conference finals. Won his first playoff round, actually. Uh, So you kind of consider that his best chance to have made the finals. Uh, 2013 was the only other time he won a playoff series. Uh, But those Knicks teams were not going much farther than that. Uh, He lost to Indy. Not beating that team. But 2009, six games to the Lakers. Any of these teams, you could argue. Like, he just constantly played teams that were better better than his. And that's, you know, it happens. Uh, 2019 Houston, I guess. That might be the best. That might have been his best chance to make the finals. They made, they only made the second round, um, but he played 10 games, 13 points a game, bad shooting numbers. He was just not on that team, actually. So it would have been like a Team X situation. So Melo, Mello, one of my favorite players, but just not a winning guy, not a losing guy. He could be like the third best player on a winning team, on a great team. That's it. Uh, Luka Doncic, number three. His career might be too short. He's in year six though. It feels less than that. First team All-NBA since his second season. That's just ridiculous. Always hovering around 65 games played. Um, This year he's at 35 points a game, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Just an all-timer. Just an all-timer. He can do everything that you want him to, to do on a court except for play defense. Partly because of effort, partly just because of frame and athleticism. Um, but when you tell me that, like, Larry Bird wouldn't be good today because of th- his athleticism, just, like, look at Luka. Like, come on, dude. Um, that tw- that 2022 Conference Finals run, that was just the thing of, like, legends, right? Um, and that was his second straight year leading the league in points per game during the playoffs. Last year, he didn't get the chance to follow it up because Kyrie came and ruined everything. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Kyrie, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, just when you need the ball, when you need when you have two guys who need the ball, it's just not going to work out. Uh, but the 22 playoffs, I was definitely rooting for once we got to the conference finals, rooting for a Heat Mavericks rematch. Neither happened. That was definitely his best chance. Those Warriors teams were overachieving. Steph went out of his mind. Andrew Wiggins started playing like what we were promised decades earlier. I say decades, yeah, eight years earlier. But Luke is probably going to make it eventually, so we're fine. Uh, number two, George Gervin. Bunch of conference final appearances. All time, all time, all time. Score led the, led the postseason in scoring every year from '78 through '82, and the ABA in '75. So there you go. Uh, led the league regular season in scoring four out of five years, and the '70s start the '80s. He didn't do anything other than other than score buckets, but he did that at a super efficient rate. We talked about his points per game race in '78 against David Thompson. And he won. David Thompson scored 73. George Gervin scored 60-odd points and won the scoring title. So good for him. 83 made the conference finals, lost to L.A. Don't think that was going to happen. 79, though, Eastern Conference Finals. 7? Game 7 against the Bullets. Can you explain to me why San Antonio played in the East until 81? Bet you can't. 31 points a game in that series. That was probably his best chance. Just like I said, a couple, uh, what was it, Alex English? who's playing in the West of Milwaukee. Just a couple years where in 78 and 79, a couple other teams could have made it besides the Bullets and Sonics. Um, in that game seven, though, 42 points. 52%, 10 of 13 from free throws. Uh, that's pretty good. Number one, though, this is clear. This is obvious. I think there are a lot of guys who don't win because of the way they play. I think Dame and Melo, uh, guys like that, you're offense first, you're offense only. You're just scoring. You do a thing. You trick people into thinking you're the best player in a team, but you really got to be the second or third best. You got guys like Blake, who just had injury concerns, C-Webb, who just wasn't clutch, um, Paul George, I think you can put in that, in that same category, Sidney Moncrief, injury stuff, Derrick Rose, Pete Maravich, Grant Hill, which got injured before something really good could happen. Uh, Vince Carter probably shot himself in the foot a couple times, and then his pride got in the way later, which, you know, again, fine by me. But Steve Nash, ultimate winner, who just never had the right luck you know you need a little i don't believe in luck but you just need things to go right and they just rarely went perfectly right for him uh 03 dallas he made the conference finals against the spurs i don't know that they were ever going to beat the spurs he played 16 or he scored 16 and 7 with really really good percentages almost 50 percent from three in 20 games uh they lost in six after beating after winning two straight games in seven two straight series in seven uh, that's just rough 2005 that was the year joe johnson got hurt they lost to again th- this is with the suns We lost to the spurs in five that series he put up 23 points 11 assists the series before beating dallas in six his old team he had again this is just the this is the year right when he had come to phoenix from dallas you know four uh, he got bounced by <clears throat> he got bounced by sacramento because he could not guard mike bibby it was just hideous um 05 he goes from Dallas to the Suns because they don't want to pay him he scores 30 points 12 assists shooting 55 42 96 in a six game series win <laughs> uh ridiculous uh but then Joe Johnson got hurt in 05 and that's just a bummer uh 06 they were just you know cooking the entire year um despite Amari their best offensive option going down they won two straight seven game series to open the playoffs loss to Dallas in six kind of a bummer uh, back to the Western Conference Finals in 2010, lost because of Jay Rich missed box out against Ron Artest, so that is two times where injuries kept him from going to the finals, one time where he just bounced the wrong way, and then 3 playing, with, uh, playing against a better team. He's on a list with guys like Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Jokic, um, Bird, Magic, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul. Two types of winning players. There's that type and there's the Jordan type who just dominate. I like the Steve Nash type better, the guy who makes everybody better and his stats don't always back it up. But in the playoffs, they always jump up because he knows it's time to ball. Obviously, all-time efficient shooter. Should have been taking way more than three threes a game. Like now he'd be taking 10 and it would be right because he's probably the fifth best shooter of all time. Um, so the fact that he never made the finals, just absolute freaking bummer. Um, So the list of the best players who never made the finals, Steve Nash, George Gervin, Luca, Mello, Damian Lillard, Blake Griffin, who should have been on last week's list. Sorry. C-Web, number seven, Paul George, Sidney Moncrief, Alex English, Pete Maravich, Derek Rose, Grant Hill, Vince Carter, Bob Lanier. If you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at wrongopinionNBA. We're going to be back next week talking about the best players who never won the NBA finals. I think number one is super obvious. It gets a little funky once we we pass number 12. I think the first 11, though, are pretty, pretty chalk. So I'm excited to see what you guys think. Uh, Make sure to check out uh, Hooper's Lane on YouTube. We do some cool stuff there, talking about more current stuff. Uh, Wrong Opinion Presents, talking about movies, etc. Comic Central, always fun. Uh, That's on Snapchat. Uh, Until next week, peace out.